The Capitals to move on from Anthony Mantha. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, I have the guys from the What the Puck podcast on later in the show, and we'll talk about free agent and trade options for the Capitals. And then we talk about who would the Caps be best to select at the draft. But just to get it going here, the elephant in the room, Anthony Mantha. What do the Capitals do with Anthony Mantha? Let's face it, he came to this team and never really lived up to potential. We, you know, when they first traded him, you know, like they're going to get this uh, scoring winger and he's just going to fix a lot of what's wrong with the Capitals. But the Capitals ultimately ended up giving far too much to get him on this team. If we can look back on the trade, Mantha traded to the Capitals by Red Wings for two draft picks. Vrana and Richard Ponick. Detroit gets first round choice in 2021, second round selection in 2022. The Capitals get Anthony Mantha. T- taking a look back on that, you know, uh, Jacob Verona is one of the guys out there. And I know that we can't be revisionists. I know that we can't rewind time, but, you know, hindsight, 2020, all of those things. I think the Caps would have been far better off keeping Jacob Vron, even though he did have his struggles. I think that he was ultimately finding his way. You know, I know that he's had some personal issues, which we can't hold against him, but I think that he's kind of coming around. And I just think that there's a bit of buyer's remorse when it comes to Anthony Mantha. He's never been as advertised. I mean, let's face it. We thought, you know, he's going to be this scoring winger, you know, that's going to be able to score a lot of goals and he's a big imposing guy, but he's not really physical. It's kind of been a bust from the very beginning. And then we hear word from Frank Saravalli from the daily Faceoff. Washington isn't planning to stick with 28 year old uh, Anthony Mantha, who has one year remaining on his contract. And it is a difficult position for the Capitals as there is another year left on his contract. There are options out there for things that they could potentially do buyout. I'm not really for uh, the buyout option. I know that, you know, people think that, you know, he's this horrible player and he did not play well last year. I won't argue about that. But um, there's an argument out there that could potentially Spencer Carberry do something to, you know, get him going again. And uh, would the Caps be better served to just kind of hold on to him as a depth piece, even though he would be an expensive depth piece 
it is a big mess. And it ultimately knowing what the right thing to do with Anthony Mantha is difficult. To a certain extent, your heart goes out to him. He was trying so hard towards the end there. And then he, you find out he had to hire a mental coach and hats off to him, you know, for, you know, being brave enough to do that. And I say that in all sincerity, you know, some people just try to swallow that stuff down and it eats them alive. But, you know, the press and everything was kind of getting into him, you know, and, you know, in the breakdown day, he said, I want to come back next year. And I want to prove to the Capitals, I want to prove to myself, I want to prove to the NHL at large that the Capitals got me for a reason, and I am still a viable option in the National Hockey League. And um, that's what I'm talking about. Is he ever going to be able to find you know, who he was at one point on the Detroit Red Wings? I guess we won't know. Uh, I mean, we might potentially know next season if he sticks around on the Caps. For me, just as I'm recording this in June, Unless the Caps were to get a really solid, you know, trade option or say they were able to bundle them in a deal and it just made sense. I'm almost for, you know, just having him hang around on the team in hopes that potentially Spencer Carberry and his staff can, you know, try to find a way to get him going. There is, you know, like I said, there is the caveat there. If they are able to find a dance partner, if you will, you know, kind of the same way the Capitals got Craig Smith. Um, you know, if they could bundle him in a deal, you know, we want this player, but you're going to have to take Anthony Mantha's contract off the books. That would be ideal. Of course, then there's also salary uh, retention and all those kind of things. And this is a sticky situation uh, for Brian McClellan to be in. There is no real easy solution. One could say, you know, he shouldn't have put himself in this place in the first place, you know. So, but, um, you know, I think that uh, when they ended up signing him in the first place, I think that Max Head was in the right place. It just kind of did not uh, live up to potential. There was a piece here in the hockey news. The Capitals, fed let, the Capitals have let teams know that they're ready to move on from Mantha, Saravalli wrote, adding, they're likely going to have to attach a sweetener to that deal. And that is where it gets even more sticky for me and things could go worse. And how do I mean they could go worse? Let's not push the crazy button. Let's not push the panic button. Just take your hand off the panic button. It's not time to panic. At any point, if I hear that they are going to move Hendrix LaPierre or Connor McMichael or any of the crown jewels uh, in the Hershey Bears or the Washington Capitals organization just to get Anthony Mantha out of here. I, I'm just, I'm categorically against it. Uh, but again, if it makes sense, Sarah Volley added that Mantha, who carries a cap hit of 5.7 mil, may be difficult to trade, so a buyout could be considered for the Quebec native. And buyouts don't usually go too well. If you want to take a look at the Minnesota Wild, for example, Parise and Suter, that money comes back to bite them in the butt, and it's kind of put the Wild in a bad position. This could potentially put the Capitals in a bad position as well. That is why, and I know I'm going to hear a lot of feedback on it, if the Caps don't have a good dance partner, I think that they should just hold tight to him. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much categorically against a buyout. I don't think it's a good idea. Mantha's DC tenure has by no means gone according to plan. He was bought out at the 2021 NHL trade deadline. I remember hearing about it in that first. I was kind of excited about it. I had heard his name. I wasn't too up on him, but at, you know, on paper, it seemed like a good thing. 
His first year with the Caps were uh, interrupted by a long-term shoulder injury. He had the opportunity to bounce back and finally prove his worth with a full season in 22-23, but he couldn't find consistency or finish on his chances and has just 11 goals and 16 assists in 67 games while also sitting out as a healthy scratch for multiple games as his effort and play came into question. Management expressed disappointment with his performance after the season, and Mantha also took accountability for his play. That's one of the things I like about him. And one of the things that goes you know, really far with me is if you're not doing well on the ice, is be mature about it. Own it. Don't say, well, I would have done good, but it was this guy or that guy. It was the head coach. He said that, you know, he needed help. That's why he hired the mental coach. That is why he put in the extra effort. But to a certain extent, you can almost get kind of caught up in your own head. You start gripping the stick too hard and you start seeing plays that aren't really there, that kind of thing. And uh, again, you know, you could potentially say, and I'm saying this as a guy that hosts the show, Anthony Mantha didn't say this. Maybe it was Peter Laviolette Systems. I don't know. Spencer Carberry excites me. The potential of what could be for this entire roster but, you know, there's a couple players that I'm really kind of curious about. If they hold on to Kuznetsov, what can he do with Kuzi? If they hold on to Mantha, what can they do with Mantha? So there is a potential of a greater thing, maybe. It's just, is that greater thing actually going to come uh, to fruition? But Anthony Mantha, by far, is that elephant in the room. He says here, it's just me, myself to blame. Maybe my lack of skating, lack of shooting, or lack of decision-making. But all the detail, it takes a toll on your confidence when being scratched happens and then after you're looking for your game that's maybe not present mantha explained here uh, brian mcclellan said i think he's had periods where i thought he found his game and was uh, competing hard and then near the end i don't think he was confident in his playing at the highest level and that is what you need to be to be uh, to get a sweater, as they say every night in the NHL, is confidence uh, in your game. Because if you lack confidence, you know it's like blood in the water that you will be exposed, and people are going to really notice that you know you're not really who you think you are. All right, so coming up after the break here, we will talk about the Caps draft options, and then later free agents and trade options for the Caps. We'll talk about that when Locked On Capitals continues. So one of the, our next sponsor here, the things I love about bird dogs is comfortable men's clothing. And I know what you're saying, comfortable men's clothing. Yeah, it's a thing. You think about it, women have stretchy pants, they have sweats, they have all these kind of uh, clothing that make them comfortable. What do guys wear? They wear jeans, they wear khakis, but now you add bird dogs to the mix and it makes it a little bit more exciting for the possibilities as a guy. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and giving you a truly sculpted look. Now more of those cargo shorts that kind of give you a boxy look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts and are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement that's one of the big things is you don't want to be all boxy and square looking that is why you need bird dog so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl and enter promo code locked on nhl for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nhl for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you 
All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I got you guys covered this summer as far as the draft is concerned and free agency, so make sure and follow Locked On Capitals wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think that ultimately they should move on from him. I will always remember fondly what he did for this team, and I still, you know, revere him as a really great hockey player. I just don't like, you know, reliving history, if you will. So let's switch topics here a little bit and talk about the draft. The Caps are number eight, and I got to admit, when I was watching the draft lottery, you know, there was a percent chance that the Capitals could could land Connor Bedard. As it turns out, it looks like he's going to be headed to the Windy City, and uh, I wish nothing but the best for the Blackhawks going forward. But uh, I did this in yesterday's show where I talked about a potential person in Metfe Mishkov, um, the best Russian player to come out uh, of Russia since uh, Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Metke Mishkov. Do you think he would be a good option? There are, uh, you know, a, a bit of a downside to him as he won't be available for a couple of years because he's under contract in the KHL. Uh, talk to me a little bit about him, or is there other another player out there that you think the Capitals should be eyeing? I'll talk to uh, Brandon on this one. Sure. Well, I mean, you got him. That would be a good pick, just because you know the the Capitals are so uh, Russian friendly. I guess you could say you do have the face of you know Russian hockey, Alex Ovechkin on your team. I'm sure he would love to get a new uh, uh, Russian player underneath his wing, kind of show him the ropes. We saw that when Yevgeny Kuznetsov came to town. He was staying at Ovi's place for a couple a couple uh, weeks or so, so they were getting to know each other. So I can see that happening, uh, but. You know, we do have another rookie coming in potentially from last year whose name is going to take up, you know, from shoulder to shoulder on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be in the U.S. Th- coming up. But if you did watch the U18 uh, tournament uh, recently on the NHL Network, there were a lot of uh, great talents, especially from the USA team uh, that were on there. That uh, There's one guy that we brought up on the show a couple weeks ago, Dan, whose name escapes me right now. Uh, I think he was projected to go around like the 15th or 16th. But there's also, you know, guys like Will Smith from the U.S. team. There's a lot of homegrown talent, if you want to call it that, from the U.S. here that could definitely fit in with the Capitals very well, you know, in a couple of years down the road. Because I even at number eight, I don't think it's somebody that's going to make an immediate impact on the team. Yeah, at number eight, I don't think they're going to be uh, NHL ready. And Ivan Mirishnashenko, he's the one where he was actually able to break his contract with the KHL. And as it looks, it's, uh, it seems like he's poised to be playing in Hershey next season. But if he continues to play as well as he has been playing, he might be ready to break on the big team here sooner than later. Uh, another player that is gaining a lot of traction just based on people you know, spitballing and pontificating here is Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, 22-23 stats, six goals and eight assists, a scouting report on him. I think with his offensive talent, his work ethic and strong, consistent track record of scoring, he finds a way to become a very important part of the NHL lineup, but I'm less sure of whether he sticks down the middle or has a winger due to his skating. Um, so there are some players that you know are being kind of attached to certain teams already here. Um, are you guys familiar, Dan, with Dalibor Dvorsky, and do you see him being a good fit uh, on the Caps at some point? 
I think that last part that you just said is that's what's that that's what it's about. It's at some point. And I think it's so hard to know. We don't even know what the teams look like next season, let alone three, four years from now. So I think they have to go. And I think you may have said this on today's show when I was listening earlier that they need to go with the best player available. That's going to pop up at that time. And I don't think there's any specific like position or offense, defense, goaltending that they can say, yeah, we've got, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, like guys in our system right now. Like when you've been a winning team for so long, you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of young guys that are potentially going to make the NHL roster because you're using them in trade ships to try and win a cup. And so for me, it's, it's best player available. You know, if that Bedard kid wants to fall a couple picks, I'm fine with that. You know, I heard he's not very good. Let's get that rumor out there. Um, but, you know, for me, it's best player available. I think they're going to they're just going to kind of watch what everyone else is doing. I you know, I don't think they're going to like move up in the draft or try and do anything crazy like that. And I think the reality is once they didn't get into the top two spots, they weren't getting someone in for next season. Barring something crazy happening, no one's going to be joining them next season from this draft. So you go with best player available. You see what you can get in. And then, you know, you kind of have that going on while you're starting to turn this team around for next year. Because when that guy comes in, I mean, you're, you're talking with Brandon about Mitchkoff. The fact that he wouldn't be available for, you know, a couple of years unless he pulls a Miroshnachenko, it's not the end of the world because the team could be so different then at that point. They need to win now. And that's what the big focus on this offseason needs to be. So the draft, it's not about the now. The draft is about the future. And so whoever is available at that point that they think is the best player still left, that's what I want them to go and take. I don't want to, like, they don't need a left winger to take over for Ovechkin or a center to take over for Backstrom. They need to get the best guy in that they can help to develop that can, you know, line up with McMichael and LaPierre and Miroslavchenko and um, Suzdalev and the other guys that are, like, coming up in the system because – Ideally, they're all going to be the next wave of Caps players joining old man Tom Wilson and a couple other guys. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the player I was thinking about was Gabriel Perot. He uh, he beat up Austin Matthews' uh, uh, all-time U.S. Uh, points record this past season. He looked really good uh, in the U18. And even the uh, the national team, uh, I think one of Mike Knubel's kids actually might mm -hmm. be draft uh, eligible this year. So maybe potentially we'll see another Knubel as a capital down the road. You know, and taking a look at a team that is going to be a lot better in a hurry is the Blackhawks. I see them going from kind of a deplorable team in the NHL to being really great potentially next season. Uh, and what I'm talking about is there is a magnetism to Connor Bedard. I've already heard rumors of Austin Matthews wanting to go to the Blackhawks now because of that. And I think that there's going to be a lot of players that would probably have looked over playing on the Blackhawks. I mean, uh, taking a look at the Blackhawks in particular, historically, they're a, a really good team. It's just they've kind of lost their way the last few years here. But that's a team that is going to get a lot better because I think they're going to build a great surrounding cast around Connor Bedard and I you know even though I'm a Capitals fan I really look forward to seeing what he does to that team because of all the video footage I've seen of him he is a player for the ages uh, let's talk a minute here about you know just the NHL in general and teams getting involved what they call team tank I'm talking about the Anaheim Ducks I'm talking about the Sharks the Blue Jackets the Blackhawks do you think there should be safeguards put in place to prevent teams from tanking on purpose? 
I was uh, watching or excuse me, listening to NHL network radio. And they were talking about the last month or so of the uh, Columbus blue jackets. There was hardly any starters at all playing on the team. And they said, well, we're not tanking. We just want to see what we have, you know, in prospects. Uh, Dan, what do you think about that? Do you think there should be safeguards put in place to, you know, prevent teams from tanking on purpose? No, but I think, I don't know what they would be. Like, what would you do? Would you do like the NBA? So I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. Would you do the thing where like Popovich rested Duncan and Ginobili? I think it was those guys when they went to Miami and then the fans all got mad and then the NBA fined the Spurs right. for resting guys. And I was like, what? Exactly. Yeah, That's first what of all, they probably, about. Like, yeah. Like it's like, what are you gonna do? Well, you know what? You did. He didn't play twenty minutes. He only played nineteen and a half. What? That's a fifty thousand dollar fine. Like, I don't know what they would put in place to force teams to to play players. And I have to imagine that in professional sports, injuries are so we don't have all the information in terms of what's going on. So guys might be playing less for a wide number of reasons. I have no problem with the Blackhawks tank. Well, it's not really tanking. It's just kind of the history of the Blackhawks. But I have no problem with them wanting to see what they have coming up. That's what I kept asking for the caps to do the second half of the season. I wanted to see where these young guys were because we weren't going anywhere. And so for me, I think that's what you do with the draft. That's the reason they have a draft lottery. It's it's makes sense because maybe you spread out the percentages a little bit more to prevent from tanking. And so the teams that end up as the bottom three don't have quite as high, but that's the only thing I can think of. Everything else is just gonna be so subjective that it's just going to create more problems. It's going to eventually going to have some team that's going to have a, a press release like the Rangers did when Tom Wilson took them down. We're being yeah. like, we don't believe in the NHL anymore. And it's just become, it'll become more of a laughingstock and more of a problem than like the coyotes are right now. Yeah. And that, well, that's a topic for another time too, I guess, but uh, the coyotes, I think we really need to stop trying to make hockey work in Arizona. It's just, you know, they, they've done everything. They put the defibrillator on it. They've tried to do everything they can and it just doesn't seem like hockey is going to work in Arizona. I mean, they're playing at Mullet Arena, which I think has like 5,000 fans in there. So I think that the NHL would be wise uh, to move on from that. The one thing I would say in conclusion about the draft is I wish they would have drawn the team and we would have seen the team because there was a lot of kind of, you know, people saying, well, why didn't we see, you know, that uh, the Blackhawks got it? Because it seemed like a lock that it was going to be the Ducks or it was going to be the Blue Jackets. And then I've heard all kind of conspiratorial things out there that it was the Blackhawks because they have a bigger TV market and all that. I'm just telling you what I hear on Twitter. I'm not saying there's any truth to that. All right. So coming up after the break, we will talk to the guys from the What the Puck podcast about free agent options for the Capitals. We'll talk to them next. Make a break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And even if you're not interested in the game that's being played, if you have a little bit of money on the game, it makes watching the games that much more exciting. So... Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, another player that I've heard uh, talked about a little bit more, I saw it in The Athletic, also Sammy Silver from the Hockey News, is Debrinkit. 
which is a bit intriguing for me as well. Uh, we know that he went from the Blackhawks to the Senators, and it doesn't seem like he has a home there. Age 25, his 22-23 stats, 27 goals, 39 assists, and 82 games signed through restricted free agent with arbitration rights. Uh, in his first season in Ottawa, Debrinket saw a drop in goals to 27 from 41. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about it? Would you be all in on Debrinket, or do you kind of see his trajectory going in a downward uh, direction? I mean, all the numbers that you have right there that you just read off, all of that makes sense, and that would be a good fit for the Capitals. But I don't know if I would be all in just because, like Dan said, I don't know what we would be willing to give up. The Caps are in such a weird space right now because – Ovechkin's days as a capital, you know, they are numbered. We do have an end date, you know, with that contract. So this team needs to be in a win now type of mentality. However, you also have to think about the days after Ovechkin. So you do need that young talent. You can't trade away all of these guys that you are banking on to be the future uh, in hopes that, you know, you'll be able to get guys later on down the road because you got to win now. So, again, I think it really is. What are you willing to give up? And they, like you said in the earlier in the show, everybody knows the value of these players that we have on the team. And a couple of years ago, that value probably was a lot higher. You're going to have to give up more to get a player like that. But the Capitals also at the same time, I will say they like players that are on that, you know, on that downward trajectory almost, because then we kind of lift them up. We just saw it last year with Sonny Milano. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, uh, just taking a look at sometimes the players, their ability to find diamonds in the rough, like you were talking about there. Um, so Brett Conley also comes to mind there as well as a guy that came here, kind of an unknown for the most part, killed it here, subsequently went on from here. I believe he went to the Panthers, and then he kind of just disappeared into obscurity there. So another player that's interesting for me, and I'm hearing more and more talk about this, is do the Capitals try and bring Dmitry Orloff back? Um, we all hear all the time this team wants to get younger, they want to get faster, and are we trying to bring Dmitry Orlov, uh, Orlov back for sentimental reasons because, you know, he gives us all warm, fuzzy feelings because we're Caps fans, um, or are we just trying to retread a tire that we should just say, you know, you had a great time here, let's move on from him, because you take a look at it, Boston said they have no desire to bring him back. Orloff said he sounds like he might be interested in coming back, but he wants a seven-year deal. Last time, it was Brian McClellan said a three-year deal. Dan, should the Caps try bringing Dmitry Orloff back to the district? Uh, for me, that's a no. I think, like McClellan's been saying, they need to get younger. And when you sign a guy who is 31 years old, that's the opposite direction. Like, we talk about, like, 31 years old is that old. In sports, yes. In the real world, <laughs> very much not. But the reality is they need to get younger and they have a blue line right now that is more or less set barring anything crazy happening. Like I don't see a little depth would probably be nice. I think you want your seventh defenseman not to be Matt Irwin, but you want someone that can come in and, and fill in if someone gets hurt right before a game and you're not necessarily able to bring someone in from Hershey. So you need someone there, but you don't want that to be a young guy. Orlov to me, he's going to cost too much. He's going to want too many years. And I think the team needs to move on from what they have been doing if they really want to get better. I don't think it's just bringing in a new head coach and being like, we're going to be great. Like, that's just not going to happen. You have holes in your lineup. And defense, for me, is not one of them. Like, if there's a part of this team besides goaltending I'm not worried about, it's the defense. I think outside the forwards is really where this team should be focused this offseason. 
also signing Martin Favari to a longer term deal. But after that, they need to focus on the forwards. And I think money is to be spent there. And I don't think you can waste it on bringing in a guy. Orlov's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's the player they need right now, considering what he's going to cost. All right. I want to thank the guys from the What the Puck podcast for joining me. Make sure and check out their podcast wherever you find your podcast. When you're done listening to this podcast, if you're a fan of DC sports, head on over to Locked On Nationals, Commanders, or Wizards. Locked On has got you covered when it comes to D.C. sports. Are you an everydayer of Locked On Capitals? I would sure love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps and say, Hey, Dan, I am an everydayer of Locked On Capitals. I will give you a shout out on Friday's show. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.